0: Here is the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belisle. And it left the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belisle. Trap drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Oh, my God. There, over there. The word, the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music... Nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to a Eleven, month. exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. And it's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey bootsandwhiskeypodcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well, my advice to you start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. You all want to drink whiskey? I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean glass. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots & Whiskey Podcast. As always, my name is Jim, I am your host. Tonight we have Sarah Harrelson on the show, uh, singer-songwriter from Knoxville, Tennessee, now in Nashville, doing her thing out there. Uh, Belmont University grad, who is, who is just releasing music like it's, like it's going out of style. She's got a few releases that she's had in the last few months. Um, her last release... Uh, was Love on Lease Reimagined. That came out back in September. She has a new release coming out October 22nd, Bottom of the Glass. Um, It was really nice to catch up with Sarah and hear about her life and where she came from and what she's doing and what she's got planned on. Uh, But before we get to her conversation, I just want to, as always, thank my my friends, American Grit and Grace, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, Rowdy Roads, Mitch Max, Afterglow Boutique, Thank you all so much for all your love and support. Without further ado, um, my conversation with Sarah Harrelson. Enjoy.
2: Sarah? Hey there, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, yeah, it started to work when I kept the app open for some yeah. reason.
1: Yeah, It's 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 been a weird kind of thing, but I mean, so far it's been working, so, you know, every now and again it becomes a te- technical difficulty, but... You know, that's the, yeah. that's the beauty of podcasting, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. Right.
2: No matter what you use. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. No matter what I do, there's there's bound to be some kind of issue somewhere at some point.
2: Right. Well, thank you so much for having me.
1: Oh, absolutely. Thank you for being on. And as quickly as, you know, you have been, I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, of course.
1: So, so tell, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us where you've, where you come from, what you're doing, how long you've been doing it. You know, this is this is all about you, so so take the reins and I'll I'll jump in as as I have questions.
2: Sure. Yeah, so I'm originally from East Tennessee. I'm from Knoxville, so not far from Nashville. Um, so I grew up heavily influenced with a lot of bluegrass and country music, and my granddad was actually a bluegrass musician. Um, so he really encouraged me to pursue music. Um, so growing up, you know, I learned piano and taught myself guitar and um, songwriting was something that just came to me at an early way, at an early age to express my emotions and feelings. Um, I was a quiet child. So I felt like music was a great way, a great gateway for me to get my feelings out. Um, and so after high school, I knew I wanted to keep pursuing music somewhere. Um, I looked into different music colleges, uh, looked into Belmont, I looked into Berkeley and Boston, and it just felt easier to be closer to home and and go to Nashville. So I fell in love with Nashville when I went back then. And then so I went to Belmont for music um, and actually got a music business degree there. Um, And I was writing and heavily co-writing by the time I got to Nashville and you know really worked on my craft and artistry and in country music and then after I graduated college you know I knew I still wanted to keep doing songwriting I wasn't sure about being an artist or what I wanted to do so I worked on the business side of the music industry um, and then that's about the time I started working with my current producer and publisher. And uh, Johnny had me play a showcase with some artist he was working at the time. And after I played, he basically just asked me what my goals were. And I told him, you know, I really want to write songs and I want to write songs for other people. I just don't know about being an artist. And he basically told me that I was making a huge mistake if I didn't pursue being an artist. So that's something that really hit home for me. And then I think after that, I really figured out, you know, what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't want to just be a songwriter, you know, I wanted to be an artist and performer and producer. Like I realized I can do all the things and, you know, I just because I'm comparing myself to other people and think, you know, well, I'm a different artist from them. You know, there's no reason I can't be an artist myself. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Yeah, so that's basically my whole music journey and how I got to kind of where I am right now um, in Nashville.
1: That That's great. You know, so, so music has always been just part of part of your world.
2: Oh, absolutely. Even from a young age, like, Besides, you know, my granddad being a musician, my dad would always be listening to country music. My mom would play um, rock and roll and and pop. So I was always surrounded by a lot of different genres of music growing up.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I I personally think you can hear a lot of that in, in the music you've put out so far.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you know a lot of people tell me they hear hints of you know not only country but they they hear hints of folk or pop or yeah. subgenres in my music which um a lot of times when my songs are being produced, you know, or even written like that's kind of how I hear it just from all my different influences.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now growing up in, you know, you know, in East Tennessee and that sort of thing you you are or were surrounded by um, whether you knew it or not at the time, you know, some pretty big names have come out of East Tennessee. Now, what is the music world like out there in that Knoxville area?
2: Yeah, there's a whole lot of country artists that have, you know, came out of Knoxville and moved to Nashville for music. Um, But the music scene in Knoxville is a little bit different. Um, Obviously, there's a lot. A lot of bluegrass because we're right next to the Appalachian Mountains um, but if you go to downtown Knoxville you can find um, a little bit of a rock scene too so you can find different genres in Knoxville but um, it's definitely heavy on bluegrass and country there.
1: Yeah yeah absolutely so you know you, you have all these artists that are from east tennessee that is it just a natural thing to move to nashville at that point
2: i feel like it is because you know there's so many artists that move all over to nashville to pursue music but it seems like there's just been a time that have come from knoxville and um i guess you know it's so close so you know if you still live in knoxville you can you know, take a weekend trip to, you know, do your rights or performances in Nashville. So it does make it easier for, you know, musicians and songwriters that live so close. Um, So I think that's definitely helped them, but it seems like a lot of them were kind of, you know, influenced by other country artists too growing up.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. So forget the fact, so once you go to Belmont, right,
2: mm-hmm.
1: at that point, do you stay in Nashville, or do you ever, did you ever go home in between, in the, in that kind of limbo period, I guess you could say, from, you know, graduating to deciding to do this as a career?
2: I pretty much always stayed in Nashville, like, there were times, like, maybe, like, my freshman and sophomore year, like, the summers that I, you know, wasn't in school, I would go back to Knoxville to Work for the summer before I would go back to school, but besides that, I stayed. Um, I stayed in Nashville the whole time, and uh, like two days after I graduated, I started uh, a job in the music industry. So, um, yeah, I was I was pretty much there from the start.
1: Now, did you? How did you get into the industry? Did you have a? Um, an internship or anything while while at Belmont, or did you just apply, 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 apply until somebody um, gave you the chance?
2: Yeah, so since my major was music business at Belmont, I had a lot of internships, and uh, I was in an organization that worked a lot of uh, music industry events, like award shows and such, so mm-hmm. I made a lot of connections through that and through my internships, and even on the business side of the industry, it's definitely all about who you know. Like you can apply everywhere, but it's so much easier to get an interview if you know someone who works yeah. for the company. So, oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that and that's that's across the board, right? Like that's just how the the business world works.
2: Right. Like if you're, you know, even if you're on the business side or creative side, you got to know how to network and connect with people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So now, you know, did you ever come here to Boston to to look at Berkeley or was it just on the short list of places to go?
2: It was on the short list of places to go. I knew I would have had to audition to go there. Um, So I thought about it. But uh, when I toured Belmont, I knew like that was kind of the place for me. And I glad I went with that decision. You know, I um, I think I toured Berkeley like last year or a couple of years ago when I went to Boston for the first time. So I never actually went there, but it was probably for the best because Belmont was for me and I also don't do well in the cold. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I, I totally understand that. Um, <laughs> now, you know, being here, obviously I have a little bit of a bias, right? Um, yeah. But do you ever stop and think, and maybe not, maybe it's just a question I've I've got now talking to you, but do you ever, did you ever stop and think of what your career or where your career would have been if you did go the Berkeley route?
2: Yeah, I think about a, a lot of times, like, you know, what if I did this in this situation instead? And, um, you know, I knew some people who actually transferred from Berkeley to Belmont the time I was going there. So I knew that, you know, that could have been a factor to me. Like maybe I wouldn't have been happy there. Or I also think since, you know, country music is my main genre, I don't think I would have necessarily fit in because, you know, it's very heavy on jazz and blues and rock there. Um, So maybe it wouldn't have been the scene for me, but I always think about like, you know, I could have a completely different life if I decided to go there instead.
1: Yeah, you know, and it, and it's funny because I talk, you know, I talk to a lot of people and, you know, I, I tell them all the time that country music here, you know, in this neck of the woods, you know, has only really been popular, you know, in a, in a mainstream kind of sense Mm -hmm. only within like the last 10, 15 years, you know, it hasn't been, you know, nobody thinks country music and thinks Boston, you know, and right, you know, we, we've started to gradually go that route, which I find very interesting. Um, But yeah, I think you're absolutely right. If you would have come here, um, things would have been much different.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is interesting now that you know, you see more mainstream country happening in New England. But I think that is kind of due to the fact that there's so much more pop and the country music that we hear on the radio today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now, now, this is a good segue into this question. What do you make of country radio in its, in its existence as it is in the mainstream based on, you know, your sound and what you're doing?
2: I think it's interesting because you know there's so many of us in town who are told you know we need to write to the radio and of course you never know what's going to be on the radio and I think it's uh, becoming better in the sense that you know we're getting more females on uh, country radio and we're playing more authentic country like you'll hear songs from Chris Stapleton and like even John Party that kind of take it back to its roots. But it's still sort of lost in the sense that, you know, we're focusing more on, you know, having pop mixed in to the country songs that are on the radio and keeping it upbeat and, you know, avoiding ballads on the radio. So I think there's definitely still a lot of work that needs to be done with mainstream radio today because it does make it harder for independent artists and songwriters to make it on the radio still but you know i think they're getting better on what's being played um in the sense of like subgenres of country music but there's still a long way to go as far as who's being played
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you're absolutely right. You know, there's so many artists that do have that authentic, you know, country sound, the Chris Stapleton's, the Midlands of the world, you know, Mm -hmm. but you, in the John parties, but you still don't hear a ton of it, you know, because it's almost, it's almost like they're trying to test the waters with those, with those kind of artists and, Mm -hmm. you know, they have hit after hit and they blow up, but it doesn't, It still doesn't seem like it's enough for, you know, the Whiskey Myers of the world, you know, especially up here in the in the mainstream up here.
2: Right. And it's just amazing that it's taking so long for us to, you know, become happy with what's being played on country radio. Like it's always a work in progress, I feel like
1: right especially when you're trying to battle or you know compete with all the other you know genres of music right um so how often are you are you out there playing playing music and doing doing the thing and where are you doing that
2: yeah i've been playing a lot of more shows this year which has been so refreshing to be able to play shows again and actually have, you know, people watching you compared to last year, but um, I've had my um, regular gigs pick back up in Nashville, been doing a lot of more ride arounds in town too. Um, And then this summer, I was able to play a couple shows in Rhode Island and Connecticut. So it was great to be able to travel again and play shows outside of Nashville.
1: Oh, that's I wish I would have known because Rhode Island is right here. Where did you play?
2: So that was back in July, I think beginning of July um, I played in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, and Middlefield, Connecticut. Oh nice nice mm-hmm. were,
1: were they events or were they standalone shows?
2: Yeah, they were standalone shows.
1: Oh, awesome, awesome oh what what is the venue that's out there in east greenwich what Where did you play?
2: Uh, it's called Safe House.
1: So oh, I've never heard of that one.
2: Yeah, I think huh. it might be newer, but yeah, I had a lot of fun, and it was so beautiful up there. So I'm I'm glad I got to go.
1: Yeah, Rhode Island in the summertime is is great. It's yeah. it's it's really nice. Um, so when you're in town, in town being Nashville, do you have you know the typical typical spots, or does it change all the time?
2: Uh, I have one place that I. Play pretty frequently um, every month. And then, besides that one gig, it kind of changes a lot. And I like to mix it up too. I like, uh, there's always different venues to play that you haven't played before in Nashville. Um, so I always love to change up where I'm playing. And I'd like to try to go a little bit outside of Nashville too. Uh, I think next month in november i'm playing at the new listening room and pigeon forge so back to kind of where i'm from nice yeah nice
1: I'm, I'm sure it's always nice to go to go back home is is everybody still still back in east tennessee
2: yeah for the most part uh, most of my family still lives there nice oh that's awesome yeah
1: um so tell us a little bit about what you've what you've released over the last few weeks because I know you had a song that came out in September mm-hmm. um and, and those sorts of releases that you've had out in the in the last couple of months
2: yeah yeah so back in June um I released a song called The Chance and that release meant a lot to me because uh there was just such a a cool story behind that song and basically I had a title in my phone for years and it just said some people never get the chance. Uh, And I knew it could be, you know, a really good song and a really heartfelt song when I wrote it, I just didn't have much to say on it at the time a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So I kept it in my phone and I just said like, well, maybe one day I'll have more to say on it or find someone who can help me write this. So I just, kept it on my phone. And then of course, COVID happened. And I felt like I started to have more to say about that topic. Um, and uh, one night, I guess about yeah, it might have been November of last year, I was writing with him. And uh, I was writing with Bill D. Luigi and I wrote I brought, I brought up the topic to him. And He really loved it and started spitting out some ideas about it. And then all of a sudden, like, it just flowed, like, everything I wanted to say about that line. So years later, I finally was able to write a song to that idea. Um, And basically, the chance is just about, you know, there's so many people out there who never get the chance to fulfill their dreams because they're not able, you know, due to how financial reasons whatever and you know there's also so many of us who are able to fulfill our dreams and take chances but we're just kind of you know waiting on the sidelines seeing if the chance will come come our way for ourselves and we don't put in the work so you know if you're able to you should go out there and try to fulfill your dreams and do what you want to in life um so it's definitely like an eye opening song for people so it meant a lot to me to release that um and then in September so last month i released love unleashed reimagined uh so in 2019 i actually had already released love unleashed with my co-writer, Christine Bauer on our collaborative album, West of Me. And if you listen to the original version, uh, it's country, but with a lot of pop production. Uh, And I enjoyed doing that version with her, but I kind of always heard a separate version that was just more stripped down with strings and piano. And I wanted to do a version for myself. Um, So I recorded more of the stripped down version uh with exactly that um and then so you can hear my reimagined version now of love on lease um and then on october 22nd i will be releasing a new single called bottom of the glass and that's a song i play out all the time in my live shows um I love it. a lot of people have said they loved it and I've always just had a demo of it so I knew it was time to record that song and get that one out for everyone to hear.
1: That's awesome. that's all I can't yeah, I personally can't wait for that one. Um,
2: Thank
1: you. You're welcome. So I here's my little question when it comes to your music and what you've done. Um, so I see you have a couple of EPs that have been out um, a, a bunch of singles and all that. Now, with The Chance and Love On Lease Reimagined and, you know, The America I Know and then this release, Bottom of the Glass, coming out in October, um, when's the next EP or album going to be released or have you even thought thought that far ahead yet?
2: I have, and, you know, that's always the question, you know, are the singles gonna lead up to anything? And, you know, I think with a lot of, pop artists you know they focus on just doing singles now but with country music you know you do your singles but it usually leads up to a project like an EP or an album with some of those singles plus new songs which I love that about country music because I love the idea that it still leads up to an album or a project um, that's it feels like that's a pastime now, but it shouldn't be because I like, you know, everything being on a whole project. Um, so, yes, all of the singles I have um, released so far will be on a project in the future. Um, and so, I'm planning to announce more about my project in the new year, um, but people can definitely expect. Um, a new project as a whole in the future.
1: Awesome, awesome. Now, will, do, you, do you know if um, any of these songs or these singles that have been released over the last few months, will they make it to that um, project or will it be all all new material we haven't heard
0: yet?
2: Yeah, so most of the singles that I've released uh, since 2020 will be on the project um, and there's gonna be a lot of new material as well.
1: Awesome. Now, will will the things, will the stuff that have already been released, will they get a uh, maybe an update, or will it just be as it is already released?
2: For the most part, it, it will be as is. Uh, the right. only thing that might change is the mastering, because sometimes on an album, you have to make sure all the songs have the same mastering and volume levels. Um, yeah. But besides that, they will sound pretty much the same.
1: Nice. Nice. Now, when that comes out and all that, will you, you know, will you tour that in the in the fall in the in the fall in the summer and fall or whenever whenever that is to be released?
2: Yeah, I definitely like if I release it, uh, you know, early winter of next year. I definitely want to do a release show in Nashville with full band. Uh, so I've been thinking about that, and I definitely want to. Set up a run of shows for next summer as well. Awesome,
1: awesome. Now, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about if I didn't ask about watered down whiskey, especially being a whiskey podcast. Um, so how how does that song come to be?
2: Yeah, that song. When I think I, about, that I know song, it's a little feel,
1: older now, but you know, I it's, know
2: it, it's crazy to think that it's already been, you know a few years ago, it doesn't, it feels like it was yesterday sometimes. And now it's definitely been a few years. Um, but so watered down whiskey, I wrote that, um, I think when I was a sophomore in Belmont and basically the song is about, you know, tired of dating guys who, you know, don't live up to your expectations and, um, just you know, you keep going on bad dates, you're not getting like the authentic whiskey that you want. And so, um, uh, I was uh, there was a publisher in town, or at least a drummer in town, who was starting up his own publishing company. Um, and he was looking for demos, so I sent him a demo of watered down whiskey. Um, and he loved it, and he wanted to uh, record a new version of it with me. So uh, I signed like a three song publishing contract with him. And that was the first uh, publishing contract I had signed in town. Um, so he got some musicians and we recorded uh, the new version of Waterdown Down Whiskey that you can hear on the EP and hear online. And uh, then I shot a music video for it too. Um, And then I started working on other songs and uh, I realized that I wanted it to become an EP with Watered Down Whiskey as the EP title because it just felt like it belonged with it with another set of songs and as a project for that time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they all kind of, you know, all those songs in that EP really kind of blend together very well, I thought.
2: Yeah. And I think Watered Down Whiskey is actually the oldest song that was written on the EP and the other ones were written later, but it, it just seemed to blend together those set of songs.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of, to me, it's a lot of, it's a fun song, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun song in a way of, you know, the story and, and all of that, you know, I think it's, it's really well done and well put together.
2: Thank you. And it's, really? it was definitely a lot of fun, uh, not only recording it, but shooting the music video because the music video was, you know, very silly and, you know, going off the fact that, you know, she would, this girl is tired of having bad date after bad date. So the music video was a lot of, a lot of silliness and, and fun too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um yeah. Yeah, I, that's that's exactly how I would how I would describe the video itself. Um, right.
2: Did,
1: how did you how did you do that? Did you do it all in one, you know, in one time? Did you film it over a few days?
2: Uh, I filmed it over a few days. So most of it was shot at a local bar in Nashville where you see a lot of the scenes where, you know, I'm having my bad dates and uh, one of the dates is getting kicked out. Uh, so a lot of it was filmed in that bar. And then another day we did a lot of the shots at the pedestrian bridge in Nashville. And uh, then there was a separate day when we shot the scenes where I'm on the couch with the whiskey.
1: Nice. Nice. So who, who did you have um, film all this?
2: Um, I had a lot of... Uh, Belmont students actually uh, filming it at the time I was in uh, like an A&R class at Belmont and uh, our assignment was to turn in a music video for the end of the semester and I was like well I need a music video for my song Water Down Whiskey. Um, So I got a lot of my classmates to help me with the music video and uh, we were able to rent or not rent, but borrow some of the cameras from Belmont to use for the video. So uh, it, ended, it ended up working out perfectly for it.
1: That's awesome. Now, do you find that that's the easiest way to go when you're in town is to, you know, just call up people, you know, and be like, hey, I need a favor.
2: It definitely helps with um, extras. I feel like um, as far as who's filming it, you know, it's easier to get away with. When you're still a student and you have other classmates you know who still need experience um but you know now that i'm out of Belmont and i've been doing this for a little bit longer it's uh definitely easiest to you know hire videographers to do the music video and you know they know what they're doing and they're more experienced with their work um but, you know, if I ever need extras for my music video, a lot of people are in town, especially if they're musicians, used to being extras for their friends' music videos. So it's always easy to call someone up to help for that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, speaking of your, you know, your, your whiskey a choice, what is the whiskey a choice for you?
2: Um, it's probably actually a bourbon it's probably Woodford Reserve.
1: Yeah. What is you know I'm st- I'm going to start to think that everybody that is an artist down in Nashville has some sort of stock in Woodford because that's always the answer.
2: I know. But you can't you can't be that it. it's just such a good bourbon.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's great. It just it's just so funny to me that that's it's always the answer. It's always the answer. Right. <laughs> that's that's too funny um so now you know you're out you're playing shows you're doing the thing um do you find it easy frustrating you know whatever to get yourself you know away from the Nashville noise or do you do you like being where you are
2: I like being where I am but sometimes it is good you know to get out and clear my mind for a while, you know, especially you. Well, whether I'm, you know, visiting family in Knoxville or yeah. even traveling outside of Nashville for a show, I feel like it definitely kind of clears my mind sometimes. If you know, I feel like I'm in a funk where I'm at, or you know, frustrated uh, at the time with music. It always clears my mind to leave for a little bit, but when I'm coming back, you know, I always get that feeling of, you know, it feels so good to be back in Nashville. So I'm always ready to come home, you know, near the end of my trip.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, like, kind of like everybody else, whenever they go away for a, for a week or, or or any extended amount of time, you know, it's nice to, nice to be home when it's over. Right. Um are there any plans you know I I know we kind of briefly talked about it but do you have plans to venture out um to other places that you haven't been?
2: Yes and I love to do that because I love traveling so I love how you know I can use music to take me places that I've never been um and I've done that a lot of times in the past few years so um, yeah, especially like next summer and the next couple years, I definitely want to schedule shows in places that I haven't played before and, you know, see what's out there for me, um, especially with uh, a lot of music festivals that happen in the summer. So um, uh, pretty soon I'll definitely be looking into new places where music can take me
1: yeah now when you when you do travel and you and you're doing your thing do you do it full band or are you doing it solo
2: most of the time when it's out of town i will do it um solo or you know with one other person but i usually keep it acoustic um because Mm -hmm. it's it's just easier for me as an artist um and then i'll do most of my full band shows in town
1: nice that's awesome that's awesome do you do you try to stay away from the lower Broadway scene, or do you try to go to other places in the city that might not be as you know quote unquote popular or well known in the mainstream, um, but maybe a little more popular to the people in the industry to be recognized a little a little more?
2: Yeah, I do try to stay away from Broadway and it is unfortunate that Broadway, pretty much is the only, um, you know, place for paid gigs in Nashville for musicians. Um, But, you know, when I'm playing my music, you know, I like to play a mix of covers and originals and have more freedom with what I play. And I feel like a lot of the people that play on Broadway, don't get to have that same sort of freedom about what they play. And, you know, a lot of them, they have to play a certain amount of sets on Broadway per week and it can exhaust them. And I feel like, you know, I've heard from a lot of people who say, you know, it just exhausted them of their own creative energy. So they didn't create their own songs as much. So I never really wanted to be in that place. Um, So I've tried to avoid Broadway and I know a lot of musicians who love playing on Broadway and, you know it is for them and they love it and that's great but I kind of try to stay away from playing in that scene and I like to play um at other places like um you know there's some I can find that I in town that actually do pay and I have more freedom so I love that and then I also just love playing at you know other historic places like uh listening room I'm trying to get a show booked at the Nashville one there soon and I played at Bluebird Cafe before and that was just such an amazing experience so I have found other venues in Nashville that you know even if they don't pay I feel like it was worth it for the experience and to be able to connect with the people that are there. Did I lose you? Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Wow, that was weird. That was weird. Everything just went silent for a second.
2: <laughs> yeah. Did you get everything? <laughs> I,
1: I'm not sure. What was the last thing you said?
2: Um, basically, just about how, you know, playing at places like Listening Room, Bluebird Cafe, even though those places don't pay, you know, it's worth it for the experience. Right. right yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So yes, that was the last thing I did here and then it, and then it cut out. It got, got crazy there for a second. Um, <laughs> so let me, let me ask you now that you say that, um, even though those aren't paying gigs, you know, and, and you just said it, the experience and you never know who's going to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Isn't that part of the appeal to do those type of shows? Because you do never know who's going to be there.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, for the most part now at Bluebird Bluebird Cafe, the people who are going to be there, are, you know, tourists and people from out of town. But it's so nice because you get to create, you know, one extra fan at least that you didn't have before. Yeah. So I think it's definitely worth it in that sense for independent artists. And what I love about, Rider rounds, especially playing ride rounds with writers that I didn't know uh, before the rounds. Um, you know, if I like their music, maybe we'll connect and uh, create a writing relationship uh, after playing together. So. Besides the crowd, like even who you're playing with, you don't know who you're going to meet and who's going to become an important connection with you in music for the future.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Is that how you met Christine?
2: So Christine, I actually met her through NSAI, uh, the Nashville Songwriters Association. Uh, And we were both doing... A virtual uh, pitch to publisher years back. Um, And we heard each other's songs. I remember hearing her song because it went first and I really liked it. Um, And then I think my song was shortly after and she heard it and liked it. And then she reached out to me. Um, And so we started writing virtually because she lives uh, in Nebraska. And uh, then she actually ended up uh, coming to visit Nashville. So I met her in person and then we just kept a writing relationship virtually. Um, and to this day, we still get together about once or twice a year and uh, still ride a ton virtually. Oh, that's awesome.
1: That's very yeah. good. Um, so I only
2: have a couple more things,
1: um, but before I, before I ask those things, um how can how can everybody get a hold of you? How can we how can the masses find your stuff? Where are you? Where where are you putting these things out?
2: Yeah, um pretty much everything you can find is on my website sarahharrelson.com. uh but you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of the social media and then um all of my songs are on all listening platforms, so Spotify, Apple Music, you name it
1: nice excellent excellent and for those of you that haven't heard sarah stuff yet you won't you absolutely won't be disappointed it's it's fantastic
2: thank you you're welcome
1: um so we know you like winford reserved as part of the uh the, the title of the podcast now <laughs> if if you're wearing boots what kind of boots are those
2: um I feel like it used to be cowboy boots, but now if you're seen in Nashville wearing cowboy boots, people think you're a tourist.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um, I guess like, especially right now in fall, I'll have my, um, like my ankle boots on. <laughs>
1: nice. What, what brand?
2: Um, it depends. Like I usually get like different, uh, brands, I think I have like a like a Steve Madden brand that's snakeskin. <laughs>
1: nice, nice. Those must be sick.
2: Oh, I love my snakeskin boots. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. What color are they?
2: Um, so they're like white and green.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome. I yeah. can. I always, for some reason, you know, whenever I hear snakeskin, I always go, my brain always just goes white, and I don't know why. But you know what, whatever, <laughs> it, whatever works. You know, I'm not very stylish, so maybe that's... Yeah, I guess
2: you could get like a brown <laughs> pair too. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I don't have any more questions. You know, I think you've filled us in really well of your career and what you've got coming. And, you know, I'm very excited to hear, hear more from you. Um, and as always, you know, like I, tell, like I tell people, you know, please let me know whatever's coming out and when it's coming out and we'll we'll blast it out there for the world and we'll you know we'll help you get your stuff out there and and move it along
2: that sounds great thank you so much i really appreciate it
1: no problem thank you so much for coming on the show and we'll be in touch as as things go on
2: that sounds great thank you
1: awesome you're welcome thank you
2: bye Bye. Bye.
1: Well, there you have it. Our conversation or my conversation with Sarah Harrelson. What a nice young lady she is. Um, I can't wait to hear more of her stuff as it comes out. Um, the stuff she has out is so fun and so nice to hear. Um, definitely a, a sound out of Nashville that you don't get a lot of. So when you hear it, you got you to gotta like it. Um, so as always, thank you all so much for, for listening and, and taking the time. I can't thank you all enough. For the success of this show to date um, it's been overwhelming it's been such a joy to uh, to provide this with you um, just so everybody knows what's going on and I'll probably talk about it as the episodes go on um, season one will end December 30th um, just after Christmas um, around Christmas I will start booking for season two um, Season 2 is going to be much different than this season has been. Um, Season 2, you'll only probably get a release or two a week. You're not going to get the back-to-back-to-back. I know it's been a lot, so for those of you listening, I thank you so much. Um, But in Season 2, we're really going to be artist-driven and industry-driven, where we're going to more or less try to make the whole week about that artist, I think. We're still going to do the Whiskey Wednesdays. We're still going to do the songs of the day. Um, But the the episodes will probably be released early in the week, Monday, Tuesday. Probably Monday because I still want to try to do the Whiskey Wednesday. We're going to try to start doing whiskey interviews. So if you or anyone you know is in the whiskey industry or is a whiskey expert and wants to be on the show... Um, the Whiskey Wednesdays are going to be short, shorter than regular episodes. We're going to talk about the craft, um, who you work for, and that sort of thing, and that, that will be the feature of the day. Um, I'm going to try to start that in this season. If not, that will definitely be for season two, and trust me, I have some artists that have already reached out about season two that are going to be on. Trust me, they're gonna, it's, it's getting bigger. Um, they're going to be either artists or artists in bands that you know very, very well. Um, that's all I'm saying for now. But that's it. Again, as always, thank you so much. Go check out our social media. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, well, what else? TikTok. Uh, Twitter, at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Um, You can email me, Venmo me, whatever you want to do. I appreciate all of it. Um, I'm having a great time with this. So thank you so much. Um, And we'll see you on the flip side. So until until the next episode, keep those boots on the ground, whiskey in the glass. I just had a mini stroke when I said that, but that's okay because it's late and I'm tired and... That's all. Thank you all so much again for being a part of this ride with me. I love you all. Good night.